It's time to catalog minor catastrophes, tell our real life terrors, and manifest some mayhem. That's right. Let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia. I'm Catherine McNally. I'm Lorian McGill. Welcome. We're looking at something that I'm afraid of today, which is serial killer Israel Keys. That is so, so scary. And mm-hmm. I have spent like the last two days trying to remember what you told me you were going to talk about. And there was a nothing. So Good. that was that like a, new, to... a fresh surprise to me. <laughs> Good. That happened to me a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I forget what she said. <laughs> so I'm glad it's not just me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's really scary. He's, I think, the scariest serial killer, in my opinion. Um, And honestly, I'm really proud of myself that it took me, what episode are we on? 21? 23. 23. <laughs> 23. Took me 23 episodes before I talked about a serial killer, which is pretty big for me. I mean, you're only half of those, so it took you 11. Or 12. This is your 12th. <laughs> Still pretty big for me. What if I wanted had- to do, like, episode one. What if you had hijacked one of mine to talk about a serial killer? So here we are here like today, halfway kids. through carbon monoxide. You're like, yeah, but what about but what John about? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we go into him, I'm going to give some trigger warnings. It's like basically all the trigger warnings ever. Um, violence, animal cruelty, sexual assault, murder, suicide. So it's kind of like. You know, I'm imagining like Stefan from SNL, like this episode has everything. And by everything, I mean everything awful. So just keep that in mind. You don't have a choice, Lorian, but. <laughs> um. So, okay. Overview. Israel Keys. Um, he's a serial killer, but he was also a burglar, bur- burglar and bank robber. Wow. Um, he's suspected of killing 11 people and is confirmed to have burglarized 20 to 30 homes across the U.S. and robbed several banks. And he wow. was active all between 2001 and 2012. So the guy was doing it all. Is he confirmed to have killed anyone? Yes. So I'm going to tell you in a little bit. Okay, I'm going to talk about the his profile and then we'll like work into like the confirmed oh, ones. Gotcha. And then like the suspected ones that we know about. Yeah. Right. Who who knows? So his profile, he targets random strangers across the US. There's no profile. Right. That's what's really scary. Um he doesn't have a victim profile. He kills anyone of any age. Um and like oftentimes couples too. So it doesn't matter if you're with someone else, you could be a victim. Instead of choosing like the people, he chooses the place. So he'll like go to isolated places or like campgrounds and then he'll wait until the victims come to him. So I think this is again, don't go camping. I know. And I agreed to maybe go camping one time this summer because you did? Yeah just like a friend's supposed to come to town and she wants to go camping and I don't get to see her very often so I was like fine but I don't know you're right with a lot of people I just I know I am a hero thank you <laughs> not all heroes wear capes some go camping <laughs> that's huge I, anyway I don't, don't know if I would is it how many days just oh like go Friday leave Sunday 
It's short. Multiple nights short. on the ground. It's two nights, but a cot on a cot. I know. I'd give you one, maybe. You're really grumpy. You give me I one. Need a shower. I'd give you one day. One. Oh, overnight. I thought you were saying I think you're gonna make it one, Lauren. And oh I was no, like, no, yeah, no. but don't call it. So I know it's it's tricky. And this is why you're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Israel. He but kills... maybe by the end of this episode, I'm gonna back out. So, right. Just like, use this to your argument. Don't go camping. Don't go to isolated places. Also. I know bears didn't end up being a big thing, but you could bring that up. Mm-hmm. So Keys kills Har- Far From Home and uh, he kills Far From Home and he never kills in the same place twice. Far From His Home? Where is yeah. he from? Well, he starts out in Washington State. What, what? The number of serial killers it's in that It's really area. weird. I know. And then he ends up in Alaska. Um... So, his preferred killing method, strangulation, because he's a sick fuck. And he uses guns when necessary. He? Well, I would say the other thing about strangulation, if you're strong enough, is it doesn't require anything. He also, like, it's going to become clear, he enjoys murder. Like, well, he yeah. just does it for, like, enjoyment. I mean, so. I think that's got to be true if you're killing random people all over the place. Yeah. There's no argument to be made for. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anything it's really else? A hobby for him. And it's his passion project. So he does claim he doesn't kill children or parents of children because he has a daughter, but that's bullshit. Um, because he does kill teenagers and parents. So like. He he he's like doing that sociopath psychopath thing where he's like, I'm moral and I'm, yeah, it's all a lie. So when he wants to kill, he goes on a little murder trip. He um, will often like fly into one area, drive a really long distance to another area. He'll pick up a kill kit that he buries across the U.S. They've found murder kits in Washington State. Wyoming, Texas, and possibly Arizona. So that one's not confirmed. So he buried them of like on different trips previously. Yes. He had planted these all over the place. He will like plant one and then he'll like come back to it years later and then use it. So it's like the worst treasure hunt. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. as someone with no sense of direction. I know. And this can imagine burying something and returning to it years later. Yeah. I mean, maybe now in 2023, you drop a pin, be like murder kit. (laughs) I feel like that would be a good way to get caught. But (laughs) right. I know. I mean, take heart, listeners. I couldn't do it for a lot of reasons. I would get caught immediately. Also, a lot of other moral, ethical, and yeah. You know, humanitarian reasons, but also I'd be bad at it. So don't worry about it. I don't like to do things I'm not good at. Don't worry. Lorian, look, and she's not going to a campground, so you're good. <laughs> right. I'm the shopping mall murderer. Ooh. Have you, you know, my mall growing up had the sketchiest bathroom I've ever been in. So I could actually really? see a murder. It just had a real feel to it. Like it was a flickering down one the flickering hall. light bulb. Yeah, and it was off the food court, down the hall and around a corner, Ooh, way yeah. far away from everything else. And now that mall Why has a reptile petting like zoo, so 
Whoops. Whoops. Um, <laughs> so he, what does he do for work? Um, eventually he opens his own construction company. Okay. But he funds these murder trips with the bank robberies. Well, I'm not only thinking, oh, of course, I forgot he was a bank robber. I wasn't only thinking about funding. I was also thinking about schedule flexibility to just take off. He isn't, he's in charge of his own business, so he can do whatever he wants. But also he's a bank robber. So yeah. Yeah. And a burglar. I forgot about that. (laughs) He does it all. He's not like doing the serial killer thing. I'm trying to figure out how those serial killers like gainfully employed and how he's (laughs) managing this work-life balance. How does he do it all? How does he do it? How does he do it? Um, right. So he's bearing these little kits. Um, some things that, that they found in them are like your standard stuff, shovels, plastic bags, zip ties. But then like the most this one like gave me ugh. um bottles of liquid clog remover to speed up decomposition. Whoa. Like all the other stuff. I'm like, yeah, your standard murder stuff. That one's like, ooh, he thinks about this. Straino so much everything is planned out um so he picks up his kits when he's like on his little murder vacays and um he when he's like in it he takes the battery out of his phone he pays for everything with cash so that people can't trace him um he also is big into serial killers he claims that he knows like every single serial killer that's ever been written about which I think this is like what my mom was afraid of when she saw me like reading books about serial killers as a kid. Like she was like, are you okay? Are you going to become a serial killer? And I'm like, mom, you like Stephen King. And like, so I don't want to hear it. It's not too late for your mom to become a sewer dwelling clown or you to become a serial killer. I wouldn't rule anything out. I don't have the energy to be clear i don't think your mom is going to become a serial killer clown i'm pretty sure she doesn't listen but i'm sorry i mean (laughs) covering all her bases (laughs) no so um he also thinks he's like ted bundy he idealizes him and he likes to say that they're similar because of how methodical they are so he's a bit of a fangirl bundy had a real profile though all those women were cutting their hair when they didn't know who it was Mm-hmm. Keys is like, I'm even better than Bundy because they can't even. And the lo- the spread out. He yeah. Was like, yeah. Mm. All right. So we're going back to his childhood. Now that you know his like overall deal, we're going back to his childhood. In 1978, Keys is born in Richmond, Utah. So he starts in Utah, but eventually they're going to move to Washington. In Utah, um, he is the second of 10 children in his family. And his family's really religious. They start out as Latter-day Saints, but leave the church to join a white supremacist church called the Ark. Mm -mm. Now they move to Colville, Washington, where they live without electricity or running water. And Israel is homeschooled um, about their Christian beliefs. So they're living off the land. They hunt for their food. Yes, Lorian. Let's just maybe (laughs) Christian beliefs. The white supremacist. Uh, morphed, yeah. Kind of reminds me of Lori Daybell. No, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. You know that. Who is that? She's the woman who joined this offshoot of LDS. Got totally swayed by this guy, and she's the one where the kids disappeared, and <gasps> then they 
I'll send you some, I'll send you some podcasts, some articles, but they like okay. joined a real offshoot and it got really strange and she became convinced her children were zombies basically. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need all those recommendations. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, it made me think of, have you read educated? No, but I know of it. It's very good. Anyway, yeah. she lives, her family is very much like kind yeah. of in a cult and they, yeah, it's very strange. So yeah. Remind me of that. But unlike the woman in that book where she turns around her entire life, <laughs> yeah. Israel becomes uh, the worst piece of shit ever. Um, at one point, at some point, Israel is like known for being the weird, strange kid. Um, he skins a Which deer considering over- his context, you yeah. really have to excel. Yeah. For the people in your life living mm-hmm. off the grid to be like weird you're being weird you need to tone mm-hmm. it down mm-hmm. Part, most of it was from um like animal torture so he skins a deer alive in front of oh. his church peers and then he tortures a cat and kills it in front of other people too so in our little like triad he's got one the animal cruelty there's still arson and bedwetting and then there's also head injury which is oh yeah kind of a not an action but can be an indicator right yeah um so yeah not great he likes to spend his time shooting at neighbors houses starting fires in the woods there's a and breaking into his neighbor's homes i would say you probably shouldn't be the kid who both shoots at your neighbor's houses and breaks into them because that's red flag city right so your neighbors are going to be like maybe it's the kid who's been shooting out our windows he would like go into their home steal some of their guns and then shoot their houses with it bold (laughs) yeah i think he needed like a hobby or really insult to injury i know i stole your stuff and then i used it to to destroy to make your life worse yeah also, I think maybe we should just, as we continue to plan for living on our own grid, we should consider how to avoid outcomes like this. I think that's smart. Okay. <laughs> so Keys and his siblings would sneak out to watch movies because his mom is so religious, like they couldn't, you know, nothing pop culture or anything. Um, and he declares at one point that he is an atheist to his parents. And so his parents kick him out and shun him from the family. After he's kicked out, Keyes sexually assaults a teenage girl at knife point. Um, How old is he at this point, roughly? He's, I think, like, late teens. Okay. Yeah. I think he's, like, around 18. Maybe not quite. Maybe 17 or 18. Um. And so he basically stalks her. She's tubing with her friends down a river in Oregon. And he was planning on killing her, but he didn't. And he says that it wasn't the first time he sexually assaulted someone. So he got that for us. He says this after he's arrested later in interviews or what? This is one thing that he admits. So like some of these things, now we're going to get into like um, some of his the murders that he's suspected of doing or referenced but not quite confirmed okay so the first set of murders that are like he's referenced but he hasn't admitted to completely um is when he's living in colville washington there are three murders that he's suspected of doing 
1996, Julie Marie Harris, a 13-year-old Special Olympics medalist in skiing, disappears on March 2nd while waiting for a ride to her church. Her remains are found like a little over a year later in April uh, 26, 1997, in a wooded area a few miles away. And Keyes, he's then 18, is questioned about her case. And a former friend of Keyes recalls him talking to Julie at a pool where she usually swam. So, like, probably him. Then two more people go missing. Marlene K. Emerson, a 29-year-old mother, is found burned out found in her burned out trailer on june 27 1997 and her 12 year old daughter cassie emerson is declared missing and her remains are found in 1998 13 miles from her home and the reason why they think it's him is because later he admits this like his first act of arson is with a trailer in coville so mm. they think it's this sorry so that is in washington state Yes. So these ones are still a little closer to home for him yeah, before he not... starts his real campaign. Right. This is just like the beginnings. And then he's going to like really hone in on his craft. Ew. So now he joins the military. And from 1998 to 2001, he serves in the army. And he's honorably discharged. The military loves him. Loves serial killers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't you remember that one ad that it was like, do back you off. have violence That's in you? Back all the do way you off. you want to? <laughs> back on the play. Okay. Uh, that was probably a rough time to be in the army also. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. as rough as the years immediately after that, but. Yeah. Was uh, he injured? No. I don't know. Ex- I know he wanted to, all I read was that he wanted to leave the military so he could start murdering. Yeah. But he did admit to raping women during his time in the military. He raped a sex worker in Egypt and another uh, college student in Israel. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So now, before we get to Alaska, he goes back to Washington after he's out of the army and he kills four people. These he admits to um, killing. And law enforcement thinks he's killed two more unsolved cases as well in Washington. Hmm. So now Keyes moves to Alaska in 2007 to live with his girlfriend and daughter. And this is when he starts his own construction company. He works as a handyman, contractor, and construction worker. So now we're at the first confirmed murder of his. And this is when he's deep into his, like, he's got his strategy down. So in on June 2nd, 2011, Keyes flies from Alaska to Chicago, rents a car, and drives almost 1,000 miles to Vermont to kill a couple, Bill and Lorraine Courier. Mm-hmm. He picks up his murder kit nearby, which he had hidden two years ago. And I'm still just, I guess, like befuddled by how, how long term, yeah, like years before he was ready to use it, he hid it there. He had it ready to go. I don't know. I, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. He knows how to like wait. And that's yeah. Mm. I don't like that. Um no neither. Thank you. Mm-mm. So then he breaks into their home on June 8th around midnight and cuts their phone line. Bill and Lorraine wake to see Keys dressed in all black, wearing a headlamp and armed with a gun. He puts them in their own car and drives them to an abandoned farmhouse that he found earlier. So Keys ties up Bill in the basement of the house and leaves Lorraine in the car. He goes back for Lorraine, and she's escaped and is trying to run out to the main road, but he tackles her and drags her inside the house. I know. It's just like she was like so close so then keys goes to check on bill and bill has partially undone his ties and keys is pissed because this plan is not going the way that he wants to they're supposed to just like get murdered and go with it they're not supposed to fight back and so he shoots bill it is weird uh that he started with a couple Uh uh-huh just seems inherently I mean, like, this feels like, by the time we get to them, I feel like he he's too methodical. Like, there's no way this is the first one. I mean, that's probably true. But he is messing it up, also. They're that's getting true. all over the place. That's true. You can't get a handle on it. Yeah. So then uh. he rapes Lorraine multiple times um, and strangles her. He leaves their bodies in the house and covers them with some debris, which is wild to me. Like, you've done all this work and you're just going to leave their bodies there. Well, but he covered it with debris indoors. So, like, this is I'm imagining this is like an abandoned house. So I'm imagining it's like decrepit and like gross. And so I'm imagining it's like full of just I don't know. I'm imagining like raccoons. This could be a raccoon's home. Yeah. I just am like, if they're in the house, yeah, then people aren't going in there. It's weird. Like, he's just leaving it there and then going, like, the extra half mile to cover it with debris. To cover it, yeah. It does seem odd. But it works out for him. He When he goes back home, he tracks the case on his computer. The bodies are never found. The house demolished with their bodies inside and carried to the landfill. You'd think they would do a sweep of the house before they just, like, knock something down. Wow. Yeah, what if there were raccoons living in there? Crush them. But the raccoons, not the human bodies. No, that is odd. That's okay. Yeah. And so did he know it was going to be demolished? Is that part of the I don't know if he knew that. I don't know how he would know. I did not read that. Yeah. But it's interesting. Unless there was like if a sign just on the really door, lucky. Like, this will be demolished. Right, right. Scheduled for demolition. I think some of this is luck. I don't know. He's like obviously methodical, but he's also not as smart as he thinks he is. Well, sure. So now we're going to talk about his last. I mean, yeah. I think anyone who really like romanticizes and compares themselves to Ted Bundy is probably not as smart as they think they are. For real. Um, but now we're going to talk about his last confirmed victim. Okay. So this is one he admits to, and this is the one that gets him caught. Because 
he's going to um, kill 18-year-old Samantha Koenig, but he's not going to follow his own rules, and that's going to end up getting him caught. So on February 1st, 2012, he goes to a coffee stand in Anchorage, Alaska, where she works. He holds her up at gunpoint and climbs into the booth to tie her hands with zip ties. Then he asks where her car is. So his plan is to do the same thing with the couriers, like make drive her car away. Mm-hmm. She says she doesn't have one here. And so he's pissed and he walks her towards the road to his car. During the walk, once again, we got another fighter. Samantha breaks away from Keys and tries to run away. But Keys chases her and tackles her to the ground and threatens to kill her if she does something like that again. They drive away. Keys tells Samantha that he would let her go as long as her family paid ransom money. But he says later that that was never his intention. He was always going to kill her. Yeah. She just wants her Uh, compliance. Yeah, exactly. He realizes mid-drive that Samantha has left her phone in the coffee stand. And so they go back to get it. Because he's going to use the phone to, like, mislead her, like, loved ones. This is, like, part of his plan. So now... It's interesting that he goes back to get it with her. I know. Because he could also finish up what he's doing and then go back and get it, right? mm -hmm. He's cocky. He thinks that no one can touch him. So now he wants her debit card, which she says... He can she can find in her boyfriend's truck because they share an account. So I'm imagining like he has a debit card that they share in his truck. So Keys puts Samantha in his shed in front of his house again, like bringing her to where, like he's always been like far away from home. Yeah. But now he's not doing that. So he binds her uh, and puts her in the shed. Turns up the radio so no one would hear if she screamed which the radio in his shed i guess he also i read um liked what was it the the clown posse the insane clown posse so i'm just imagining that being played the whole time not great now she's screaming because of the music because of the yeah um so keys goes to her boyfriend's house and breaks into his truck to get the debit card while Keys is breaking in, Samantha's boyfriend confronts him. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> and but boyfriend goes to get help, and Keys runs away before he can be found. I mean, on the one hand, the boyfriend did the right thing, yeah, for himself, and of course had no idea that Keys also had his girlfriend in the shed. I know it's just so. Boyfriend wild probably to me. saved his own life. Yeah, leaving to get help. It's so wild that like. Mm. It's so weird, too, that he, because she's so, um, because she's in the place where he lives, the city where he lives, and he takes her back to his house, and he keeps doing weird things. Was she as random as everyone else? It feels weird. I mean, there's he no way to know. It's all. Yeah. He says that she was. He said, I think he said he targeted that coffee stand because it was open the latest. But just why did he target any place, any I place mean, in his hometown or is the place where he was living when he had all these like, other murder kits and was flying away from murder vacations? I think it's that classic, like he's he thinks no one can just got complacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like it's off of like 
this is on video, like him abducting her, all on video. It's like a, it's not like in the middle of nowhere. It's that's off of weird. a that's weird. main road. Yeah. Sloppy. Um, I mean, thank God. <laughs> I know. Well, it just goes to show even smart criminals become dumb criminals eventually. And that's what I like to hear. I do too. We all need to, maybe we need to be aware of like, we're all pretty dumb. So being aware of that is always good. Yes. So boyfriend goes to get help. Keys runs away. Yeah. So now he goes back to the shed. He's got the debit card. He sexually assaults Samantha and he strangles her. Mm -hmm. He sends a text to her boyfriend on her cell phone saying that he's pretending he's Samantha saying that she had a bad day and she's leaving town for the weekend. So he's trying to buy time to make up for like why she's not around. Then he goes, he leaves her body in the shed. It's Alaska. It's cold. So like that's working for him. He goes to New Orleans for a two week cruise. This motherfucker has the like confidence to kill her, leave her there, go on a little vacation. No problem. That's yeah. That's so weird. Mm, I don't like it. So when he returns, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> when he returns, he wants. So this is the first time he's done this. He wants ransom, like for real now. He's never done that. What does he do? What is happening? I don't know, and I don't think he really needed it because he's like robbing banks and stuff. So, mm, so he wants ransom. Did he rob banks in other cities too? Was he yeah. robbing remote? or long distance banks as well okay yeah he's yeah in a second he's gonna go to texas and rob a bank okay so to get the ransom he has a plan he has to first thaw out her body because it's frozen so he does it with a hair dryer then he applies makeup to her face do we think he watched some youtube videos first or do you think he just like went for it he was a kid right hold is his daughter yeah I think she's like little. Mm, yeah. I don't know. He probably just went for it. <laughs> and then he sews her eyes open and takes a picture of her with a four day old issue of a newspaper to make it seem like she was alive. I, as I was doing my research, I was like, I'm not going to look at this photo. Like, I'm not going to. I kind of wanted to Google it, but I didn't want to. And then it was just like in an article. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I do not want that. Thank I you. do know that I was going to be looking at this. She does not look alive. No. Also, His, why does he use a four-day-old paper instead of today? I don't know. That's the point of the paper, the proof of life paper. Yeah, is like I don't. current proof of life. He's okay. losing it at this point. Then he texts uh, Samantha's boyfriend again from her cell phone with directions where he left the ransom note. And he left it in a dog park. He then dismembers Why her body. Why doesn't he just text the ransom note? It's a good question. He's doing, I don't know. He's doing a lot of work. So he dismembers her. That's terrible. And then he dumps it in a lake. A lake? Yeah. They do find her remains later. But so now Samantha's family uh, gets enough money mostly from members in the community to pay for the ransom which just sucks Aww. 
They put the money in the account linked to her debit card. So now Keys uses her debit card in, at an ATM in Alaska. Like, dude. Wasn't he using all cash everywhere else? Yes. He's already aware of the... Yes. Also, the boyfriend caught him when he was breaking into the car, so he can identify him theoretically. Mm-hmm. Even if Keys doesn't know about the footage at the coffee shop, he should know that linking the robbery with the car to her kidnapping and murder is stupid. Yeah. Oh they're now going to basically, he's going to keep using this debit card and they're going to track him. They're going to follow him. Yeah. And that's how they're going to find him. So he's an idiot. I don't know why he's using this debit card. Um, It really does make like, me think that all that his run was primarily luck. He has this facade of being methodical, I think, but clearly but, he's a dummy. Yeah. I mean, again, this is like the last confirmed right uh victim she still ran away at one point like he's right. still not right <sighs> yeah so okay so then he leaves alaska goes to the southwest and he keeps using the debit card along the southwest goes to texas it's not confirmed but they think he murdered another person in texas and robbed a bank uh. but on March 13th, 2012, in Texas, investigators stop Keys along the road because his car matches. Again, he pulls up to an ATM in his rented car. So now they're looking for this car. The The rangers notice that, oh, it matches the description. They pull him over. They find cash stained with dye from a dye pack from the bank robbery. And they find Samantha's ATM card and her cell phone. Why was he both robbing banks and spending ransom money? You don't have to do doing too much. I don't know. So they find her debit card and the bank robbery money in the car. I'm imagining these, like, investigators were like, this is too easy. Like, (laughs) everything's here that we need. (sighs) Um, Okay. He's arrested. He's sent back to Alaska, and he confesses to her murder. While he's waiting for trial, which is going to start the next year, he speaks to investigators over several months, and in 40 hours of interviews, he confesses to some crimes, but he's really not cooperative. He's very much like the guy who's like, I want something if I'm going to give you information. So he's like talking about crimes, but he's kind of only giving a little bit which is why we only know like a little bit and not that much. It, yeah. The thing I don't understand too about the criminals who will confess to some crimes. At a certain point they know they're already going to go to prison forever, yeah. right? Yeah. Why not? Don't you want credit? You don't have leverage here, buddy. Yeah. He does like make a whole thing he's like i don't want notoriety because i don't want my daughter to know what i've done but it's like buddy it's too late too fucking late man but in court keys tries to imitate bundy's court escape because you know he's his hero and he uses wood shavings from a pencil to pick his handcuffs so he gets out but the guards seize him immediately 
not like decades since Bundy did that. I think we've probably stepped it up since then, right? Yeah. But like the, to have the cockiness to be like, I'm going to do Bundy's court escape again. I mean, at that point, what do you have to lose? Yeah. So wait, really quickly, does he confess to the murder of the couple at the week? Is that something that he confesses to? That is I, confessed. I don't know. Were they even looking at him for that? So when they first start talking to him, they're really just talking about Samantha. Yeah. And then at a certain point, they're like, this guy has done this before. Sure. So now they start asking him about like other things and they start asking him about like his movements. And he's like, he, he starts to tell them stuff. I wonder why. I don't know. Don't know. Um, so he's still waiting for trial. And he dies by suicide after he hides a razor blade in his cell. And he's 34 when he dies. After his suicide, investigators find drawings of 11 skulls and one pentagram. So they think that shows his total number of victims. They think it's 11. Uh, yeah, yes. I don't know. FBI, I don't know why you would assume that. Right. I don't know about that FBI, but that's what they're... They're like, look, draw- drawings. That's proof. I mean, they probably have other... Maybe they have other reasons to, not evidence necessarily, but connections as far as his movements and his kill kits and unsolved murders or missing people. But yeah, just great A piece of shit. Um, So the reason why I wanted to talk about him was because there was a girl who went missing. So my sister went to uh, Indiana University. When she started there, there was this girl, Lauren Spearer. Who went missing like i wrote it down 2011 so if a couple years before she started and so when she started there were just all of these posters of her face like all over campus even years years later um and some people just like wonder if keys is the re like mm. is the reason for her disappearance so i'm gonna tell you really quickly about her okay she disappears she was born on January 17th, 1991. She disappears on June 3rd, 2011, at 20 years old. She goes to IU. She's studying textiles, merchandising. Um, at the time, she has a boyfriend. And on June 3rd, 2011, she goes out drinking with friends. She uses a fake ID, gets into um, the sports bar Kilroy's, which is very cute little college bar. Um, her and her friend are getting drunk. She leaves her shoes and her phone at the bar. I mean, gosh, how many times have my friends like left debit cards and things at bars? Like, I get it. Um, yeah. They go to um, one of their like apartments mm-hmm. and they're kind of like doing the, the junk thing where they're like, we're going here, we're going here. They're just like, um, just having a night out. Both mm-hmm. her and her friend are totally drunk. She's like falling down drunk. He vomits on the carpet at one point when oh. they're going to the yeah to the apartment. Um, and so when they're at his apartment, his roommate tries to convince Lauren to stay. You know, she's like, "You don't need to leave. Just stay yes. the night." But she's like, "No, I want to go back." So at four thirty a.m., she leaves. And, like, it's such a short distance, like, from that apartment to hers. So it's just so, like, she's just, like, gone. And the last sighting of her um, from, like, a camera is at an intersection. And she's 
state they've never found any remains they've never found anything and the only reason like this is the only evidence that i have to link keys to her on the morning of june 2nd so the day before keys passed through toll roads in northern northern indiana so he was in the area Mm -hmm. but we don't know and it's tragic that's super tragic. And it's so hard too. I think anytime with serial killers like that, it is, I mean, I think it's like good to look at other unsolved crimes. Right. Yeah. But I do think a lot of times those do get connected to serial killers for some sense of closure and resolution. Closure. And so that yeah. you don't have to think there's just someone else running around who would do that. Right. Yeah. Um, Who was it? Who confessed to was an oddest tool and leo frank who confessed to just like all kinds of they were serial killers for sure but oh, then they but then confessed they to so many more and so it's really hard to know yeah um but yeah that's that's really unsettling yeah. it is interesting that no remains were found because it feels like that's his remains turn up right yeah yeah and yeah and so some people like point at like the her boyfriend or like the other like people her friends but they're dumb college kids you're telling me they're just going to disappear a body no one's ever going to find it anyway. i mean if there wasn't vid- uh, footage of her at an intersection you say she never left that friend's apartment and something happened at that apartment right right mm. so now we've reached how afraid do we need to be i mean Keith is objectively terrifying <laughs> he like if he's chosen you there's like very little that you can do to like save yourself right um but if we're looking bigger picture the fbi says there are 20 to 50 active serial killers in the u.s at any given time which i don't know um but it's difficult to know like exactly how many serial killers are operating at one time because detectives don't always know how many how many cases are connected until like after a significant period of time um but the good news is like we are way more aware of and fearful of strangers than in like the 70s and 80s when serial killers were like the trendy thing so i think we're all a little bit more like no one's going to be helping bundy to his car because he has a broken arm like no you can deal with that on your own um and with the development of dna technology and genealogy it makes it easier to catch serial killers um, and serial killing accounts for less than 1% of killings. As always, the people you should be most afraid of are the people you love. We've said it before. We'll say it again. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, totally. Those that random, any random killings are especially terrifying because we like to pretend that we have control. Yeah. We don't. But no. nothing sort of reminds us of that more than just a completely senseless at random killing that unavoidable wrong place wrong time right that is the most one of the more gripping reminders that we really have no control yeah so that's israel case yeah what um what is making you anxious this week uh you know nothing too crazy i think the biggest thing is actually at the moment that we usually record on saturday but we're recording on sunday today so a little you know Sunday scaries action coming up always. Um, Also, I'm just going to be confused about what day it is because 
I'm a creature of routine and anytime you <laughs> mix it up, I'm like, I don't know what's going yeah. on. So yeah, nothing too, too wild this week other than just going back to work and everything that goes with it tomorrow. So soon. Yeah. What it's about you? Um, mine's like not a great one. Um, <laughs> This week felt like a lifetime. It started out with like a teacher using the N word for like towards their students that I found out about. Yeah. I was not the person who heard that, but another teacher was like, what do I do about this? I'm like, tell their supervisor. It started out that way. Then on the internet, the whole school was talking about um, this video of a kitten getting tortured and killed. And it was in one class that they would like kept talking about it. And already like I'm being very vague because I don't want the image in anyone else's head that is living in mine until I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, but it's just like just them referencing it like made me sick. It reminded me of did you ever watch Don't Fuck with Cats? No. On yeah, purpose. Well, <laughs> it reminds me of that guy. Um and then one girl just she kept saying oh i i gotta show you something on my phone i gotta show you on something on my phone i'm like later later she's like no it's really important she shows it to me the video is going i watch maybe one second and i know what it is but it was like and so i don't look at it anymore but it was like how dare you put that in my face without my consent like just the it's not even like a lack of empathy like that's another level of just like wanting to do that to someone else she has not been back to at school so i still have to yell at her um because i was just like in shock i was like put that away like so yeah i like the anxiety the anxiety of like going to school the next day i was like i don't want to be here i don't know what the kids are going to show me next i don't want to talk about this And so now I get to look forward to having a conversation with her. I'm going to make her call her mom, tell her what she did. And she's never going to have her phone in my class again. Yeah. You've lost your privilege of having that. Mm. So, yeah, that's. Oh, I'm sorry. It was like I went home and I just like squeezed my little babies. I was just like, that's terrible. The guy's in jail who recorded that, but like. Mm. so that's mine and then I was like and then I like went home and I was like oh I gotta do research for this story and I was like you know what maybe not today we're gonna wait this is a gnarly story I don't need to live in this good so anyway what is bringing you joy please tell me yeah I will um my I have three graduation ceremonies on the next this week month for four of my siblings. And so the first one was yesterday. So one of my brothers got his associates in computer science. Um super, super smart. He's going on to the school where I got my bachelor's to get his bachelor's this fall. So that's pretty fun. He's gonna continue on. He um like he's already taken all of these uh upper level math and science courses. I feel like he's going to have to take a bunch of gen eds for his, cause he's already taken like physics too. And he's basically oh a gosh. junior, right? He's yeah. taking all these math classes and he's taking all these labs and science classes and coding classes. So he's super brainy. He'd like to work for NASA eventually, which is pretty sweet. That's so cool. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but that's his goal right now. So it was fun. We went to the ceremony. 
with my folks and a couple of our other siblings and he had his gown and his like fancy cords and his honored sash, whatever, and got his, his degree. So that's pretty exciting. So that was neat. And yeah, it was really fun. Um, and then we went to lunch at the place across from, it's actually a, like a, Oh, we went there when you were in town, the frontier. It's across the place from University of New Mexico, across the street. And it's what kind of like a there? dive. And we had probably breakfast food um, after we went and saw the balloons at night. And oh, um, it's just like an institution across from the campus. And we always used to go there after I did showcases at UNM or shows at UNM. So it was fun. We went and ate there That's as well. Um, yeah. So what about you? I love that. Um, first... Like the rest of America, which by the time that they listen to this, it'll be old news. But I am in love with the show Jury Duty. Oh, I have heard so much about this and I need to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. It is so delightful. And like I started out, so it's a reality show. Right. There's only one person who, right. There's (laughs) only one person. It's like a Truman show. Mm -hmm. But real. So one guy doesn't know what's really happening he's told that this is a documentary about like what it's like to be on jury duty and everyone else is an actor (laughs) so my question about jury duty is does it feel mean because i don't like when people are made to feel like really stupid or i'm not really into like pranks i don't want to watch prank shows that's why i didn't want to watch it at first and i was like i'm gonna give it a chance because i didn't want like this guy i don't like i don't i'm the same i don't like people tricking people yeah like here's the thing they found like the best person okay okay like it is it's so heartwarming it's so good and it's hilarious like the people who i think producers that were working on this worked on the office okay and bad trip which i also highly recommend which is a gut which is i forget his name i want to say his name's eric andre or something yeah anyway he's like living out a rom-com but in the real world so it's like (laughs) like people are reacting normally to him just like <laughs> bursting out into song it's fantastic but jury duty it's so okay. good my favorite character is todd he's so weird <laughs> and so delightful well and it's the, so good the big draw for me is definitely james marsden who just i think was robbed of a he's had a really solid career yeah. but i feel like he should have been a huge star yeah. Oh, it the just James a superstar. And so I want to watch him in anything. I have a season pass for James Marsden. Different than a hall pass. It just means I'll You'll watch anything it. he's in. You'll love it because he does a character where he's like super into himself yes. and like yes. And also yeah, there's like a bunch of he even like references like him being like upstaged by like all these other I've acts. seen like the it's clip where he's like, Do you know something like do you know what it's like to be the guy from the notebook? <laughs> but not that guy from the notebook or something like that. He plays that all up. It's very good. Um, It's just super funny and delightful. And also I'm going to shout out having two cats. Like my family has never had multiple pets at once. Oh, wow. Like a one. Yeah. We're always like a one pet at a time household. Okay. So this is new for me and I'm a big fan. Like I'm getting all the cuddles. Like one cuddles with me, then they leave, then the other one comes. Like this is a great situation for me. I'm getting all the dopamine or serotonin or whatever, whichever the one is that's right. I don't know. I can never remember. It's great. So are they hanging out together during the day? 
Yeah. Or are they if still? If I'm not, no. If I'm not there, they're not together. They're no, safe. that totally makes sense. I was just going to ask if it seems to be working for Poe's energy level. It is. Yes. yes. It absolutely is. He's Tight. like, she'll she'll keep going after he, and he'll, <laughs> then me and him will just watch her as she plays nice. by herself. Nice. I love it's it. It's very cute. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yay. All right. The world can be a scary place. Don't forget to take a deep breath. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore anxiety pod. We'll talk to you next week.